right, let's start with the NBA Finals, Rami. Tonight, Game 1, Nuggets, Heat. Now, they say the game will start at 5.30. We know that's not going to be the case. No, the later the better, though. We know that... uh, catch it. Yeah, that's true. Right? Yes. Um, We know that because it's on ABC... Like, if it was on TNT, you'd actually have a pretty fair chance of it maybe starting around 5.30. Because they tip off really quick. Like, Eastern Conference Finals, it was like 5.33. Boom, tip off. But ESPN slash ABC, they always take 15 minutes to yap. So, probably be about 5.45 this game's going to tip off. Uh, With that in mind, Rami, lots of predictions being made about this series. Uh, I am going to take the Nuggets in six. And it's not because I am disrespecting the Miami Heat. I respect the hell out of the Heat. I think they're fantastic. I think the story's been great. They've been playing great basketball. Beat Milwaukee in five. Beat the Celtics in seven. Caleb Martin and Gabe Vincent and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo have all played the hero at different times during this postseason run. Coach is the best coach in the NBA. However, I think Denver has just a huge size advantage that they're going to take uh, into this series. And, and Miami's going to have a tough time combating that, I do believe, with and, Kevin Love and, and Zellers of the world. And that size advantage starts with the guy who should be back-to-back-to-back MVP in Nikola Jokic, Nick. And, and really, that's where I started. You, you, kind, of, you kind of deconstructed and, and went backwards from where I would start, which is, man, they just have the best player in this, in this series, if, if not – the entire league and even with playoff Jimmy. Yes, even with well, that that's that's the one caveat. And and I told you, like to me, the path to a Miami Heat victory or the recipe for a Miami Heat victory is playoff Jimmy needs to show up for every single game, however many games that might be. Like like he did in the Bucks series. Yeah. He didn't do that as much in the Eastern Conference Finals. It was it was more of the others, of the Caleb Martins and, and the Gabe, and the Gabe Vincents. You've been saying, and you're not the only one, Caleb Martin should have been the MVP yes. of those Eastern Conference Finals. You're going to need both those things. You're going you're to need the perfect storm of both those things to happen, of playoff Jimmy and all the others to, to be performing at, at their peak performance and, yeah. and, and highest level that they can possibly perform at. And Eric Spolster is going to have to win the old coaching matchup with Michael Malone. That That's how they win this thing. But, Nick, Eric Spolster is a genius. I just don't know that he has anything in his tool belt that's an answer to Nikola Jokic. I just, I, I just don't see it there with the size that Miami has or, or the lack thereof, the size that Miami has. And then you're not just talking about Jokic. You're talking about one of the biggest lineups and biggest rosters that's in this league when you're talking about the Denver Nuggets. I just don't think matchup-wise Miami has the answers for Nikola Jokic and the Denver Nuggets. And with that size, with that size comes offensive versatility. And, and I think, you know, Denver's going to have the capability of attacking Miami in the paint. And, and look, if, if Miami answers that by clogging the paint and trying to close down those driving lanes, the Denver can shoot. And if you're going to, you know, I don't think you're going to easily just play zone against Denver. They're going to be able to, to pick that apart with, with Jokic at the free throw line. I mean, it's it's a completely different matchup. And, you know, shout out to Miami, but Milwaukee is not necessarily a team that's going to just have somebody down there in the paint that can go to work. I mean, Lopez does it every once in a while, but Lopez is kind of a stretch the floor guy now. Mm-hmm. 
Giannis, yeah, he scores a lot in the paint, but he he starts, he initiates the offense from the top. He's not he's not a post up back to the basket kind of player, right? He's he's more of a I'm going to drive and, and take it to the hoop kind of player. And you know, against against uh, New York, you had a very uneven offensive team in New York. So I, I just think Denver, you know, and the Celtics. We covered that yesterday. The the Celtics identity crisis. They way too reliant on the three, and uh, you know they they didn't take game three seriously, and they again failed to execute in the final moments. We've seen none of that with Denver. Like Denver has an unbelievable home court advantage. The Celtics just threw that away. Uh, Denver has much more offensive versatility than than New York does. The way Milwaukee was shooting, they also have more versatility than Milwaukee does. So I just think this is a much tougher matchup. And when you look at the numbers, Rami brought this up earlier today, another big issue, not just Jokic and what he does, but also this Jokic at a bio matchup has not gone the way of Bam at a bio. His own Bam at a bio. So this could be, you know, are you going to throw extra bodies? Well, if you throw extra bodies on Jokic, he's going to kill you because he's going to find the open man because he's such a good passer. And they got the Jamal Murray Jokic pick and roll. So I just, I think, again, I'm not telling you Miami doesn't have a chance. Of course they do. They need their others to continue to shoot really well. They need Jimmy Butler to be playoff Butler. They need Bam Adebayo to be much better than he was in the final four or five games against the Celtics because he disappeared in that series. They need a lot of things to happen. Could they all happen? Well, they just did all happen against the Celtics. So, yes, they could all happen. This might be crazy to say because they're the eighth seed and the Nuggets are the one seed and they have Nikola Jokic. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be shocked if Miami won this series. Like, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of people – and this is where I say there's some disrespect when it comes to the Miami Heat. And I know you get tired of the disrespect talk just because – and you're right. Just because you're picking the Nuggets – doesn't mean that you're disrespecting the Miami Heat. You're talking about a one seed in the West against an eight seed in the East. And on paper, most people would look at it objectively and say, better basketball team. The disrespect comes in for me when people don't give the Heat a chance or say, I don't see how the Heat win this series. Yeah. I, I, I I wouldn't be shocked, maybe surprised, because I'm sitting here picking Nuggets in seven as as we get ready for game one to tip off. So, yeah, I, I can't say I wouldn't be surprised, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if Miami ended up winning this series. I'm done being shocked by Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat in these playoffs. You know what I mean? I tell you what I was surprised by. I was surprised by the 49ers who, you know, Coach Chris Forster came out today with the media and – you know, we talk about votes of confidence all the time in sports, but Forster certainly really pushed for Colton McKivitz and Spencer Burford to, to be the guys at right tackle and right guard. Now, we all knew going into, you know, this camp season that those were the two guys that were the leaders in the clubhouse, so to speak. But Forster, you know, I, I don't want to say that he guaranteed the spots, but he certainly made it sound like this competition that we expected to happen is less a competition and just hey these guys if they if they play okay they're gonna hold on to their spots so it, there's a lot of confidence uh, in McKivitz a lot of confidence in Burford which does surprise me Rami because when you look at McKivitz he's played one meaningful game the last two years and Burford was up and down last season and and he's somebody who did not block very well in the run game which to me would seem to be the the you know secret sauce of Kyle Shanahan's offense. And with all these questions about the quarterback position, so uh, I, I found it very interesting, and I found it surprising 
that Forrester was, you know, as bullish on Burford and McKivitz as he was today. And not just because, you know, you want to you want to get it right at every position, Nick, right? And in, in, in every sport, you, you want to get it right at every position. But we're talking about a team that has questions at quarterback, that has questions on whether or not their quarterbacks can stay healthy. And if they are healthy, what can they do at the NFL level lining up under center? Trey Lance has shown nothing at the NFL level. Sam Darnold has only underachieved at the NFL level and the expectations that were put on him when he came into the league. Yeah. Brock Purdy looked good, but for what, eight games before you ended up with Josh Johnson? You can't keep quarterbacks healthy, and even if they can stay healthy, you want them upright and with plenty of space and time to work to be the best quarterbacks that they can be and grow into the type of quarterback that Kyle Shanahan and 49ers fans hope that he can be. But something else... Oh, never mind. I was going to make a point, but I just realized it's it's kind of a moot point. Never mind. I'll just I'll keep it right there. You have questions at quarterback, <laughs> and you and and you're only compounding those questions at quarterback by by ha- by creating questions in front of the quarterback on the right side of the line. It's risky. Can can they pull this off? Yes. We 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 can stop questioning if the 49ers can pull things off and and make it work. They've made things work that nobody saw working. So can they do it? Yeah, sure. They can do it. But it, it you're you're putting you're stacking questions on top of questions at some of the more important positions in this sport. It's risky. It's risky. Yeah, I wouldn't be panicked if I were a Niners fan, but I, I would certainly have some concern about the right side of that line. Mm-hmm. And look, Trent Williams is the best tackle in the game, but he's also getting older. And uh, you know he he was questioning as as serious as he was taking it. I don't know, but he he did at least at the end of the year question whether or not he wanted to continue to play. But the right side, I mean, if 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 one side of your line gets blown up, then you're in trouble. So yeah, I, I would have some concern with the McKivitz Burford combination on the right side, and and hopefully. Uh, they take a big step forward, and, and there's no issue at all for the Niners this season. But we'll see. We'll see if that's what happens. So there you go. There's your uh, top story on this Thursday, Cattles and Rami. 916-339-1140 is the text line. The phone number is 1-800-920-1140. You can always check us out, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. Give us that thumbs up. Always appreciated. And well, Thank uh, you. Yes, exactly. And And don't forget, that we also have a fantastic website, which the belated birthday boy Joe Jarose helps with, and that is sacktownsports.com. Uh, I would suggest you check that out as well. Some really good work uh, by the fellas and, and, and by others there uh, on that site, sacktownsports.com. All right, with game one close, Rami has a question for Kings fans that he wants to ask. He will ask that question in 90 seconds. Know that you can always count on me. For sure. That's why I laid out. I was waiting for you to jump in. That's what friends are for. Through good times and bad times, I'll be on your side forevermore. I mean, the, the range on Rami is. That's what friends are for. Underappreciated. Stevie on the harmonica, right? Of course. That's Stevie right there. Yeah, it is. Shout out Dion Warwick. She can tell the future. Didn't she? she shouted out for her. <laughs> <laughs>
she could uh, she could see the future, and she was in on she was in on this song. Oh wait, uh, I've loved the revival of Dionne Warwick. She's like the queen of Twitter now. Yeah, and I love it. It's outstanding. I'm very uh. So I was I was watching this thing last night. We're gonna get to the Rami's question in a minute that he asked for Kings fans, but mm-hmm. I was watching this uh, Paul Simon special last night. I for, love Paul for a Simon. little while. I saw Paul Simon in concert once. It's great. It's Real good. It's good. The good. band was amazing. But uh, there was this tribute. It, it wasn't. It wasn't Paul Simon up there. It was a tribute. Okay. Yeah, like the Jonas Brothers. No, I'm out on that. <laughs> the Jonas Brothers doing Paul Simon. I was totally out on. But I bring this up because Stevie was on it. Oh. And. One of my biggest life regrets is that I've never seen Stevie Wonder in concert. I would love to see Stevie Wonder in concert. And my scallywag brother went to go see Stevie Wonder and did not invite me. Wow. Wow. So, yes. My brother is one of the worst human beings walking the planet just (laughs) off of that. Absolute worst. You're the worst. You're the absolute worst. I, uh... Kelly and I had the uh, sign seal delivered for the uh, walk-in song at the reception. Oh, oh really? Oh, yeah. I like sign that. Sign sealed, delivered. That's the time you would have seen me dance. I was dancing all night at my wedding. I doubt it. Oh, I'm, I don't doubt that he danced. I doubt that he can dance. That's, that's the question. No respect. Not, not that he's... You are the absolute worst. <laughs> no respect. Not that he's attempted it or would again attempt it someday, just whether or not it would it would be any good. Is- I check I check every <laughs> I check every year. I check every year to see if Stevie's on tour. Even though he hasn't toured since like twenty fifteen. I ke- I keep hope alive. Where do we all stand like, on Like maybe the, he's uh, gonna miss it and maybe he's just gonna do it one more time. Where do we all stand on the uh, I'm ready to give my ass up to like money wise to go see Ooh. Stevie uh, Wonder. I said money wise. <laughs> okay. To go see Stevie. Like I financially, there is no obstacle. I I like I would love to see that man in concert. The Stevie can see conspiracy theory. Where do we all stand on that? There there, no. there is no conspiracy. What are you talking about? Oh, there the man is blind. Yeah. There's a major conspiracy. A lot of people believe it. A lot of people believe it. Are you, you ever, one, are you one of them? Do you ever see the video of him catching the mic stand when Paul McCartney knocks it over? There's some big, like, all-star concert type of thing going on. And Paul McCartney is running across the stage, screaming, playing guitar. And he he hits a microphone, and it falls out, and the microphone stand falls over, and Stevie just reaches out and grabs it. Just, I think we know where Rami boom. stands. Just saying. It's... So behind this conspiracy theory, what would it be that Stevie is intentionally acting blind so he can have a tougher time living? I don't know. I'm just saying. Is like, that the idea? There, there are there are clues out there that may lead one to believe. Aren't there other ways to gain sympathy than fake being blind for <laughs> seventy years? It's a, it's a tall, Fair. a tall order. Yeah. The man's seventy three years old. Do you think I'm, he's been acting blind seventy three years? I'm not. He's saying committed I, to the bit. I'm not saying I believe it. I'm just saying that there are there is. There, so how do I feel about it? There's I a feel case like to be crap. made. There's a case to be made. Like most conspiracy theories, saying. it's crap. How do you catch the microphone? That's how I. Dude, don't you know, like, blind people and, and, and deaf people and all that, they say that there's their senses, their actually, other senses are heightened. You know, you know, I worked with the blind man closely for, for many years. Like, Stevie the, plays the, the drums. Did business. you know that? Have you ever seen Stevie I play have. the drums? He plays, like, every instrument. It's amazing. But uh, he's, like, he's he has to be, like, top five for me as far as music artists. Like, yes. he is. Yeah, he's up there. I'm in love with Stevie Wonder. Same. Same here. 
this this blind dude I worked with for a long time. He smoked cigarettes, and we were out, outside one day, and he finished his cigarette, and he flicked it up in the air and then hit it with his cane. Huh. I hit the cigarette butt with his cane. And, and at that moment, I was like... Can you see? Like what? <laughs> and then he went and, and, and then he went golfing. And then it got really weird. Are you daredevil? What is going on here? How did that just happen? So you're right. They do yeah, you're right. They yeah, do heightened senses. Heightened senses, sure. Um just saying though. Meanwhile, again, another tough segue today. So finals game one tonight about to tip off. And uh, Rami had a question this morning. Said, uh, "I always ask myself this question: Hey, why aren't the Kings playing why, tonight? Why isn't Why isn't your team playing? I always ask that question when we get to the chance because this is the measuring stick, right? This is where you want to be. This, this is who you who you measure yourself up against and say that's that's where we want to get. That's who we want to be. If if you want to be a championship franchise, so that's just naturally." where my mind always goes once we get to this point in any sports season. You know right. what I mean? I look at my team and I go, why aren't they there? What 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 do these teams have that this team does not have? So that's that's just how my brain works, Nick. And when I look at these two teams, especially when it comes to the Miami Heat, they've got well, first of all, consistent they've got they're hitting shots they've got shooters and the kings just went completely cold in the playoffs and in that series against the golden state telling me that hb and herder missed a couple shots yeah just just a few but the other thing that they have you talked about the size of the of the denver nuggets yeah uh you could also you could also talk about the physicality of the Miami Heat, which a lot of people think is kind of what gives them a chance if they can muck things up a little bit here consistent defense i think yes uh, physicality, defense, size. I mean, the whole league is looking for for shooters and three point shooters, and that's that's part of what leads to playoff exits for a lot of these teams. We talked about the Celtics not being able to buy a three and just launching them one after the other, and, and they're not the first ones to meet their fate that way. But that's not going to change. Teams are going to keep on looking for three point shooters, and it's going to continue to be a huge part of the game. And we'll see more teams meet their end because they they can't do anything but hit the three. And once it goes cold, it goes cold. But one of the things you can do to counteract that is be Miami-like, which is be a little bit more physical, be a little bit more more nasty and, and aggressive and be able to muck a game up. I don't know that the Kings really have that. And Nick, JJ and I were talking while while you were out, and when we saw Jokic do what he did, we both kind of had the same conclusion, which was it could have been ugly if the Kings got to the Western Conference Finals because they have absolutely no answer. We're talking about the Heat. The Kings would have absolutely zero answer for Nikola Jokic at the center position and around the basket. Just nothing. He It, it might have gotten really, really ugly in the Western Conference Finals if the Kings could have gotten there. Look, I think uh, it comes down to a couple of words. One of them for me is discipline. And Miami is just incredibly disciplined. They, they know what they do well. They stay in their lane over and over and over and over again. And it might sound easy, but it's not. They are consistent because they are disciplined. So discipline is, is one big word. That's a that's a good one. Thank you. I would also say malleable. You know, like when when you look at Denver, good. they have the ability to attack you in different ways, and and not only do they attack you in different ways offensively, they can do it efficiently. And for the Kings, again, we're not going to just 
pour over stuff that we talked about an awful lot. But obviously, you know, the the offense through Domas wasn't great against the Warriors. And the Warriors took advantage of Domas's selflessness. So that piece of the offense was kind of was pretty much missing. And that left them to rely on the three. And like we said, HB and Herter were missing tons of shots. So, you know, when you when you look at Denver, it just seems like they have a lot of different ways that they can beat you. I don't think Miami has that. Like, Miami is going to beat you playing Miami basketball. Yeah. They're going to try to impose their will on you. Denver, a little bit more flexibility, which is why I like them in the series. They could beat you in different ways. And I don't think the Kings had that this year. The Kings did not have the ability to always beat you in different ways. And even if they did have the ability, they didn't want to commit to it. They did not commit. We talked about it. They did not commit enough going after the Warriors defensively. They did not commit to the paint enough for me. So those are those are some of the things that stand out. But discipline's a huge one. And look, you're going to learn that. It, 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 year one for the Kings. You know, the... Again, yep. p- part of this story is the fact that the Heat, they've played alongside each other for a bit. And as I said yesterday, you know, Spolstra is the second longest tenured coach in the NBA. So that stuff, it, it does take time. You don't immediately parachute into an organization and bam, everything's perfect. I mean, to do what he did in one year when you talk about Mike Brown and the culture shift is, is significant we, enough. We've talked about it plenty, but it's remarkable. All right, so... Uh, yeah, that Mike. right there. That's what he brought to the table. So uh, Matt Barrows discusses the Niners in today's callback. That's coming up. I'm going to light up these phone lines. The phone is ringing. And we are checking to see who's on the line. Long time listener, first time caller. News gossip, a story. Okay, who's the next victim? It's the callback. On Cattles and Rami. All right, today on the Folsom Lake Hana Hotline. It was our friend Matt Barrows from The Athletic. Of course, Matt covers the San Francisco 49ers for The Athletic. And uh, we were talking about Chris Forrester and and what he had to say about the right side of the offensive line earlier today. Uh, Sounded pretty bullish on both McKivitz and Burford. Here was uh, Matt earlier today with us trying to clarify those comments from Forrester. Yeah, I mean, I think what he's trying to say is he he wants to send the message to these guys that, um, you know, just go out there and practice and don't worry about the competition Uh, because he realizes that, uh, you know, there are going to be mistakes and it's not going to be perfect, especially in the spring. Obviously, you want to see it get a little bit better as you get into the summer and through the preseason and whatnot. But um, his point is it's just going to take a lot of uh, reps, a lot of snaps with the first team uh, in order for these guys to get good and that they shouldn't be looking behind them. And so I think that's what uh, was sort of behind what he was saying. That was uh, Busta Rhymes accompanying our friend Matt Barrows. Busta's just always getting in the way. Like, Busta, we love you. Just jumping in. Come on. Right. We're trying to do a radio show here. <laughs> What's happening? Uh, I've I've shared my two cents on the offensive line on the right side, Rami, and, and you have too. Both of us kind of surprised that Forrester was eh, pretty, as I, as I said, bullish. I, yeah, anointed's a good word. Um, About that right side with the lack of experience and lack of productivity. But we've also talked about, Rami, how you know John Lynch and, and Kyle Shanahan have done a really good job at evaluating talent and... You know, the roster, when you look at it in totality, 1-53, to they do a pretty damn good job of putting a team together. 
they they have taken risks at quarterback. And if if you're one of those, it's title or bust people, which to me I am, especially when you're as talented as the Niners have been, then they've busted at the quarterback position. But uh, a lot of these other positions around the field, they've done a really good job. Yeah, they have. And I, I do got to give them some benefit of the doubt, even when it comes to that position, Nick. And, 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 and the questions that we have about the right side of the offensive line, I, I you do have to give them some of that benefit of the doubt and at least feel somewhat confident that it'll, it'll work out, whether it's those guys or not, that they'll, they'll find the right guys and, and get that thing. If not right, at, at least to a place where it, it won't tank the whole season. You know what I mean? Yeah, you would hope so. All right, let's get to the uh, quarterback, since we've been talking about the QBs an awful lot. Uh, You know, when you look at Brock Purdy, John Lynch had said this week that he was incredibly encouraged after seeing Purdy throw the football for the first time. Uh, So Lynch all pumped and jacked about Purdy and his health. Uh, But how about the uh, timeline? Again, here's our friend Matt Barrows about Purdy's timeline. The the fact that he was throwing yesterday, it's still May, uh, when he had that... uh that surgery on March March 10, they had circled, the 49ers had circled the first week in June. So I think it was next week that they had circled for, you know, the first time that he picks up a football and throws a football. Uh, so he's a little bit ahead of schedule in that regard. So, I mean, that, I think that's what's behind uh, those encouraging words from John Lynch that not only is he hitting all the marks so far, uh, but uh, he's slightly ahead of the game a bit. So, you know, if that continues to ring true, you know, we're talking some at some point during training camp where he comes back and he's able to, you know, put the full uniform on and go through a, uh, a full practice with this team. <laughs> Nick, how do you feel about all the chatter around the quarterback position in Brock Purdy with the 49ers? Tied. Tied, 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 tied. <laughs> <laughs> Tired of the Brock Purdy talk. <laughs> um, man, ahead of schedule. Wake me up. Matt Brown just told us ahead of schedule. What do you? Why? Why are you being the the wet blanket here? Today is a positive show where everyone loves everyone and everything and everything is great. It's a it's a three month rehab. Uh, we're in the first week of said three month rehab with him throwing the ball. So wake me up when he's ready to play. I'm not gonna get wrapped up in every single little. Detail Now, if he has some kind of, and hopefully this doesn't happen, but if he does have some kind of setback, some kind of setback then sure. it is worth talking about. But, you know, reports of how oh, he so looks. You only want to talk about stuff when it's bad, when it's negative. Because an NFL quarterback throwing the football with shorts and a T-shirt on <laughs> doesn't mean much to me. Sorry. Doesn't mean much. We don't talk about batting practice, right? When we talk about, we're not talking about. Oh man, I'll tell you what, Kevin Herter was on a heater in the warm up. Like, what are we doing? I think when, this is what, very relevant. When he's ready to play, then it we'll talk about. Absolutely matters. He's not throwing towels anymore. Tie it, tie it, tie it, tie. He could still be throwing towels. He's not. He's throwing footballs, and they're very encouraged by it. Very encouraged. Not just encouraged, Nick. You sound encouraged. I'm so encouraged. So encouraged. All right. Again, Matt Barrows from The Athletic. He was on the uh, Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda is your one-stop Honda shop. Uh, Rami asked about the competitions. 
that are happening, the competitions that we should be watching for here in camp, and hear what Barrow said. Well, tight end is interesting. I mean, obviously there's there's one guy who's uh, who's guaranteed a starting spot, George Kittle. And then, you know, for the last few years, it's been some fairly anonymous guys behind him, Charlie Warner and, and Ross Dwelly, and last year Tyler Croft. Um, it's going to be interesting to see whether they're two draft picks, uh, a, a third-rounder, Cameron Latu, and then a seventh-rounder, Braden Willis, whether they can sort of dislodge the, the two guys who are – are there right now. So it's not uh, a, a glamour position, but it's a position that's going to get on the field quite a bit um, and, 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 and a lot if, uh, if Kittle uh, should have an injury. So that's a, that's a, a spot to watch. Uh, the other cornerback spot, the Amador Lenore has looked really good uh, so far in OTAs, and he's coming off a, a really strong playoff performance as well. But, um, you know, towards the end of the season, that was, that was a big question mark, whether – uh, Lenore could be a starter, whether he was better suited to be a nickel cornerback or an outside guy. Um, it seems like he's going to hold on to that spot, but there's a lot of jockeying behind them. And look, when you when you build a team the way Lynch and Shanahan have built the team, uh, we're, we're talking about, as Barrows mentioned, depth pieces, you know, backup pieces for the most part. And that's because... They've really knocked it out of the park with their like upper echelon talent that they've gone out and like Nick Bosa obviously the cupboard home is run. stocked. Trent yeah. Williams home run. Yep. Ayuk when he's healthy home run. Debo Samuel went healthy home run. Obviously traded for run CMC. Perfect fit. Um, so so they, they they haven't been flawless. Javon Kinlaw hello. They they've swung and missed at the running back position roughly twelve times before they brought CMC in, but. You know, they, they, they have done a really good job overall of building this team depth-wise. I have some questions on the offensive line. I have some questions on the defensive line, especially in the interior. Uh, Hargrave's going to obviously be the dude there. He's got to be healthy. He's got to be tremendous. But there are some questions there. Um, Armstead has to stay healthy. He was banged up a lot last year. But overall, look, when we talk about the Niners right now, it's a lot of nitpicking. They're mm-hmm. they're you know, roster-wise, on paper, quote-unquote, they're, they're easily a top-five team in the NFC, and some would argue they're a top-five team in the NFL. When you're talking about the the size of NFL rosters, the size of, of starting offenses, starting defenses, you throw in nickelbacks and second tight ends, and you're essentially talking about 25 or 26 starters, and I put that in air quotes, guys who are going to play starter-like snaps, and that's before you even get to special teams, Nick. There's going to be questions for every team, especially on June 1st and as as we're going through OTAs. You know, every team has questions, I think, and for as much as, because it's what we it's what we do for a living, as much as we harp on, on some of these questions or, or raise some of these questions, fewer questions for the 49ers than there are for just about every other team. In, in the NFL and their rosters and, and what their fan bases are, are wondering about right now. You should feel no pretty good about this 49ers roster, but that doesn't mean perfect and, and confident in every single thing that they do. But as I've said a number of times today, there is some benefit of the doubt that comes with the type of success that they've had with roster building. By the way, um, yes, sir. I will not be able to uh, do a good enough job to explain the amount of anger that I might experience right, what's going uh, on? watching this final series if right. the Miami Heat others miss shots. 
I'm like Gabe, after they couldn't miss throughout the Celtics. Gabe series. Vincent just missed a wide open elbow jumper, and I already felt the fury. First shot of the series, I already felt it. And appreciate this. I look forward to it. ESPN, man, like just trying to find ways to get more Stephen A. Smith on your TV. And uh, Stephen A's world during Has the finals. Has he cloned himself? I asked the same no. thing about Kevin Hart. These dudes are everywhere all at the same time. He ain't sharing all that money. I was watching a, a Cubs game. Bam out of bio, brick free throw line. I was there watching a Cubs game on MLB TV, and I swear to you, Kevin Hart was doing a commercial for a local liquor, liquor store. I was like, first of all, is there anything that Kevin Hart does not advertise? And secondly... That's a little outrageous. How good is the liquor store business in Chicago that they can afford Kevin Hart? It's wild. Mo money, mo money, mo money. Maybe he's a friend. You think he's got, Maybe it's like a family friend or something? He's from Philly. I don't think he's not a Chicago guy. I don't know. Dude, but does, it's crazy. Are, are all of your friends in one area? Yes, yes they are, now that you he's ask. Like he's from Philly. <laughs> Well, Jimmy Butler's got the first five points for Miami, so he's ready. There we go. He's hitting shots. Everybody else is Brick City, USA. I'm telling you, I'm going to be infuriated if like, these guys miss shots. Now, oh, my God. rooting for them to miss shots just so I can win Oh, my that. God. The, the amount of shots they hit in that series. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's going to infuriate me. I was fine until right now. All right. Uh, again, thanks to uh, Folsom Lake Honda. One-stop Honda shop. Um, yes, they, they always help us out on the phone lines, a hotline, and thanks to uh, Matt Barrows for, for joining us earlier. All right, why would we discuss a tennis player's engagement? Well, we'll find out why next. I bring my body, my physical presence. That's what I bring in my mind. Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Why can't we be friends? Yep, I knew none of you knew that. <laughs> That kind of song. Chorus hits, everybody feels it. Lyrics, no chance. No chance. By the way, but early on in this game, Nuggets Heat. Yes. If it goes like this, Aaron Gordon's going to average 35 points a game. <laughs> He's on fire. Like layup after layup, bucket after bucket. So far, Miami has absolutely zero answer for Aaron Gordon. I think I have to give my flowers to Chris and Co. Uh, I believe Whitey Gleason said that that was going to be the Big sleeper. Big Aaron Gordon game? Yeah. Really? He said it was going to be the sleeper of the series. You know what I think of every time I hear that song? Uh, the Simpsons episode where Homer fought Dredrick Tatum, who is basically Mike Tyson. The character is basically a Mike Tyson uh, spoof. And <laughs> Dredrick Tatum comes out to the ring. And then <laughs> Homer comes out to the ring and that's his entrance music. <laughs> I think of Lethal Weapon. <laughs> oh, it was in Lethal Weapon, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what I think of when I hear that song. It's a great song. JJ, great job on the ones and twos today. Appreciate you. Excellent. Awesome job. You say that when he plays the song that you requested. No, it was a great way was, to end. For the last segment, it's a perfect song for all of our positivity that's today, not my, Nick. Listen, that's not positivity. my... Positivity. Not my point, Choochie. What I'm saying is... <laughs> What I'm saying is JJ's been playing great music all day, but Rami waits until he plays the song that he requested, well, and then he's like, "Great job, no, JJ!" It's the because end it's the, the end of the show that I would give him credit for his his body you. of I'm work you, over dog. the last four hours. So you cannot credit JJ on anything until the very end of the show. I'm, I did. I have throughout the show. I just threw it out there again. Great job.
I've said Thank it, you. I've said it earlier in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's run through some reaction. We were talking about Stephen A. earlier. Text line 916-339-1140. I hate Stephen A. Thanks. Well, you're welcome. Uh, we were talking about the A's and John Fisher's idea. Of I have having... a love-hate thing with Steve. Sometimes he's really good and entertaining. Yeah, sometimes he is entertaining. It's over the top. But if you like, but I don't watch him a lot, right? So I, I take him in doses. Same. I can't imagine watching him all of the time. He's it, he's pro wrestling. He's cutting uh, promos. You know what uh, I mean? Well, he's. We're not going to get into that. He's. I just got the gumbo. Uh, so uh, we were talking about John Fisher earlier and this idea of him having four o'clock first pitches for home games if they move to Vegas. Great idea. Uh, text line, how many Vegas tourists? Because, you know, he's thinking of tourists. How many tourists are sober and awake by four? Um, fair question. That is a fair question. Not as mo- not, not as many who are either uh, sober or awake at like 8 p.m. or 10 a.m. Everything about this is just... At- Every idea you hear about this just gets worse. Like, it keeps getting worse. Yeah, it's absolutely not getting any better. Absolutely not getting any better. Uh, more reaction. Text line. We were talking about starting a band. And uh, text line, Rami needs more cowbell. I, I could play the cowbell. Could you? I could definitely play the cowbell. Okay, we're working on this. Tambourine, triangle, cowbell. JJ and I are on percussion. Something in that neighborhood. Simone's got the keys. Yeah, you can do a little vocals I mean, I'm gonna do, as well. I'm, I'm going to do the vocals, too. Yeah. Simone and I can both front the band, Absolutely. can't we? We're talking about instruments right now. Right. Damn you people. My, vo- my voice, voice is my instrument. Exactly. Thank you, Simone. Yep, thank you. We're on the same page. Thank, I know. Thank everybody, really. Just thank, thank, thank you all. Thank the world. Thank everyone. Every single one of you walking right now and living and breathing, thank you. I appreciate everybody. Every Everything. single one of you. Yes. Whatever you do, whoever you are. All of you. Appreciation and love. Thank you. I wasn't sure if you wanted to keep going or not. Felt like, by the way, I am stressed out. I am stressed out today. You need to focus. We um, got five minutes left in the show. Bam out of bio. This is a ten foot half hook. Um, Are you DVRing? Are you going to go home and start it from uh, the beginning? I'm I'm torn. I think Kelly just DVR'd it for me. What a terrible follow that was by Jamal Murray. Um, I think Kelly is uh, DVRing it for me from. From Florida, because I forgot to DVR it, so I just mm. asked her in the G chat if she could handle that via phone. Mm. She said, "Nice." But I'm a, I'm a little stressed out because uh, about what tonight's a busy night, man. Like, what do you got going? Kelly's Except out, for the ham steak, Kelly's out of town. There's a lot of moving pieces here. What are you having with the ham steak? You by know? the way, corn and uh, I, I answered that earlier. Corn and broccoli. Oh yeah, that's right. And, uh, okay. But I'm like, I gotta get home. I gotta make dinner. Gotta take care of the dog. Feed her. Take her for a walk. I got to make my lunch for tomorrow because I have no time in the morning to make the lunch. So I got to make the lunch for tomorrow. I got to work out. I've got to take. Work out tonight? Yeah. What take, are we doing? What do we got lined uh, up? Nothing exciting. Okay. I'm, just, I'm, starting, I'm starting from scratch. All right. Just trying to get the core going okay. for the last few weeks. It's good. Uh, good so place to start. A little bit of a workout action going on. Got to keep an eye on the NBA finals. I got to put the dishes away. A lot oh, going. my God. He's going to lose it. <laughs> There's a lot going on. <laughs> but you can do a lot of that while you watch the game, right? Um, a lot of the stuff is stuff you can do while you watch a game. Uh, the dinner part, yes. Dinner, putting the, away, the you can't put part, away the dishes? Yeah, the lunch part and the dishes, yes. The stuff the, in the kitchen, absolutely. Lunch? Yeah. We, got, we got the open floor plan so right. I can be in the kitchen and look directly at the yeah, TV. Yeah, that's the what I was room. thinking. You got this. Friends call me Slick Nick. Uh, Slick Nick's got this. 
This is this is day six without Kelly. Okay, that's tough. I don't even want to think about what day like twenty would look like. I feel I feel Aww. for you, buddy. I would be. Uh, yeah, nothing condescending to say to that. I would be making nothing but peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every day. <laughs> I made a PB and J last night by week two on a bagel. <laughs> next week by next week. Well, peanut butter and jelly, it's, yeah, on a bagel, of course. Good. On a bagel? Oh, yeah, you've never had that. Now, me and Jay oh. just shot each other a look. You've never good. had peanut butter and jelly on a bagel? I haven't good. Had. It was real good. Was That's a like late, a go-to. It was a late-night snack. I have that more than the cream cheese. Really? Really? Yeah. No, I just didn't have any bread in well, the house. All right, let's talk about this tennis player's uh, engagement. Yes. Because uh, I'm angry. And by the way, Eric Lewis is NBA ref with the burner account, allegedly. As Max Schuess misses a wide open corner three. Mm-hmm. Um, every open shot, I'm going to be mad. So, uh, Eric Lewis has been benched for the NBA Finals, so he will not be involved in this series. Good. Aaron Gordon, another bucket within two feet. He's going to average like 40. So, let's get to this tennis engagement. Jack Bear from Yahoo wrote about this. Two-time Grand Slam champion Garbina Muguruza yes. is marrying a man who shot his shot two years ago. Uh, the backstory is something you don't often see in professional uh, athletes' lives here. Uh, as Muguruza. Mag- Muguruza? I don't sure. know. Muguruza. Muguruza? Muguruza. Sure. Let's go with Muguruza. All Ma- right. Muguruza told Hola Spain last week. She first met uh, Borges. I don't have his first name, uh, which is her. Aaron Gordon, another bucket. Um, which is uh, her, her. Now fiance. Her now fiance. Mm-hmm. Matt Borges, when he asked for a selfie as a fan on the street in New York City during the 2021 U.S. Open, quote, my hotel was close to Central Park and I was bored, so I thought I should go for a walk. I go out and I run into him on the street. Suddenly, he turns and says, good luck at the U.S. Open. I was left thinking, wow, he's so handsome. The pair apparently continued to meet each other from there and started spending more time together, often with walks around Central Park. Man, I'm so tired of tall, handsome dudes just not having to try. You know what I mean? This guy had to ask for a selfie and tell her good luck in the Grand Slam, and that was all it took. They're engaged two years later. What? What is what? What is it with tall dudes? I don't. I don't Simone, maybe you can help me out here. I'll try. What, what is it about heights that is so is so valued in the dating world? I this, mean, maybe I'm a bad candidate because I don't discriminate, but. I mean, something to look up to. Something you can climb. <laughs> That's all I'll say. I think we'll stop the conversation right there. I don't think we need to go further. I've said for a while now, height, job, height two, two or three points on the 1 to 10 scale. Becoming just, really good at that, just working with them. Automatically. It's two or three points on the 1 to 10 scale. Just, just if you're six foot or over. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Denver up nine in the first quarter, 27-18. Uh, they've scored 27 points. There's still two and a half minutes left. Here's the thing. This guy's also a model. Yeah. Okay? Like, can we just... So whether he was 6'3 or 5'9... I'm just tired of tall, handsome dudes not oh, having so to cool. try. Well, they han- just don't even have to try. I get what you're saying. Handsome is one thing. I just want to make sure that people know he is a model. This is not like a... Oh, what a great story. This normal dude just ran into this professional no, tennis player. this won't happen to any of us. This would never happen to one of us. No. Average looking, average height dudes. I'm not tall. I'm not a model. But I mean, guess good for him. Makes me mad. This is us. 
Oh, it is. Our outro song today, fellas. <laughs> JJ, great job through the whole show. Awesome job, my man. You too, Simone. Thank Nick, you. Simone, uh, average today. Whatever. Nick, you were great. Rami, good stuff. Thank Back you. tomorrow on a Friday. I'm sure it'll be much more focused really on a went. Friday. <laughs> I really got low down. I almost came to tears right there. It's like just a great song. Man, it really is. This gives me all the feels, this song. You can't help but sway back and forth when you hear this song. Yeah, I'm done. Talk tomorrow. Just makes you want to lean on somebody. It does. Wait. Just call on me, brother. When you need a hand, we all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a brother that you'd understand. We all need somebody to lean on.